This is exactly right. Uh-oh, pre-roll message from Kurt. Folks, uh, just a reminder, I'm going to be in Chicago this Friday and Saturday. Uh, meaning June 3rd and 4th, if you're listening to this, the week it comes out. Uh, so Friday, June 3rd and 4th, I'm at the Den in Chicago doing stand-up four shows. There's still a couple tickets left for some of the shows. So uh, get tickets. Come on out. Come see me. Hang out. Okay. And now a great bananas. As you could tell, I'm very excited, Scotty. I am glad you are because I had this episode in at 3 p.m. today. So this is the first time in 100 plus episodes that I am unprepared. Oh, I have that's stories. Awesome. I'm I have so excited. Stories, I'm so excited. I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to be. So here oh, we go. Good. Wow. Well, get ready for this one. Here it mm-hmm. is. Scientist invents toilet that turns human feces into cryptocurrency. Oh, uh, there's an easy joke in there that I will avoid. Um, wipe away get- your fears <laughs> and hold on tight. Wait, wait, wait. Give me what was the easy joke. Well, shitcoin. I mean, there's a shitcoin <laughs> joke in there. I thought <laughs> you're gonna. I thought it would be like you're gonna laugh so much you're gonna crap yourself. Or now, okay, mm-hmm. shitcoin is right there, and I cannot believe it. Okay, it's not called shitcoin. You got it. All right, Get, prepare to <laughs> laugh so hard you crap your pantaloons on a hot, hot, hot episode of Bananas. Welcome to Bananas. Sitting across from me is my number one favorite human being, Scotty Landis. And there's my favorite comedian, Kurt B. Kurt Brownoller. I think this will come out before you're in Denver, and I think this will come out before you're in D.C., right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, no, it won't come out before D.C. D.C. is this weekend. I leave mm-hmm. in a couple days. But uh, Chicago, June 3rd and 4th for me. And, and then the 7th and 8th, Scotty and I are in Denver. Come on out. Yeah, coming out to Comedy Works tonight, Curdy B and I have the privilege and honor. We're going to go see the Bob's Burger movie premiere. Oh, Starring yeah. the one and only Kristen Shaw, who is one of the very rare three people who have done Bananas two times, including yeah. our first episode. So keep your eyes out for the Bob's Burger movie. Um, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Are you kidding me? I cannot wait. It's going to be great. Have you? How, how's your life? Is your life uh, on track? Are you? Are you accomplishing everything you want? Are your dreams? Are you living in the moment? Yes, I am, and, and <laughs> I, I, uh, I do have to say, I, I started doing yoga with Adrian again after about oh. a year of not doing. It. I started yesterday and. I did literally the 23-minute beginner's one that might have been her first video ever on YouTube, uh, and it was so difficult. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. I was like, oh, here. It's like she's, she's so good because she starts you. You're just breathing. You have your hands to your heart. You're ready. You do some very simple stretches, and then by the time we're doing down dog, I'm like, Oh boy, it's but I'm gonna do it every day until it's not hard anymore. That's great. I have I, I like I go like up and down with 
with with just like getting exercise. Yeah. And I'm either like, I'm just exercising every single day. But then when I have like a project that I'm trying to finish, like everything drops off and I'm just trying to finish the project. Yes. And that and then once I do that for like one or two weeks, then it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm done. I've never exercised before. And yeah. at this point, it's like after two weeks of not exercising, it's your I'm beginning again. I have yes. to like reset everything, stop using the weights I was using. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever told this one on the pod, but I used to go to this gym in your neighborhood. I used to go to Metro, and I would get off work when I was in workaholics, and like three or four nights a week, I would go to this gym, work out for an hour. It was the healthiest I've ever been in my adult life. It was great. But they had this like ab machine where you basically sit up, and there's like a ledge about chest height, the, a padded ledge, and you put your arms on it, and you kind of weighted fold it down. So you're yeah. basically a vertical mm-hmm. crunch kind yes, of thing. I'm aware of that machine. It's a good one, too, because you can watch Shark Tank on CNBC while you do crunches. And also, it's just a li- it might be a little easier than tr- uh, traditional crunches. Anyways, right in front of those machines are stair steppers, like stair masters, the kind that rotate the steps. Yes. So you yeah. keep walking yeah. place. Anybody that goes to the gym knows the fittest people are always on the stair climbers, right? <laughs> like that thing is the absolute butt kicker. Is it a butt kicker or it does it represent a mind that does not care about <laughs> repetition? Do you know what I mean? True. It is like literally I can walk. I don't give a shit. I can walk standing still upstairs for an hour and it doesn't break me mentally like that. That's almost uh, what it says to me more. That's why they're the most in shape because they can just they their mind does it like it, they can do that, you know. Yes, and I I think it's both. I think you also mm-hmm. have to be committed to factory work in your mind of your own body, <laughs> but then walking I don't know a hundred <laughs> floors is crazy hard. Yes. Anyways, normally it's the fittest people. There was a gentleman who got on a uh, guy in his probably in his 30s, look like your average guy, and he gets on the one directly in front of me. So I'm crunching forward, you know, head head to knees, <laughs> and he faces backwards. So he's walking backwards no, on no. the stair stepper. <laughs> so he's facing me. I don't know what muscles those work. Yeah. Maybe this guy's the worst shin splints in North America, but so he's, and in my head, I'm like, this is going to end so badly for this guy. Yeah. So I do like my first set, I take a minute off, and I go to do the second set, and I have headphones in, I'm listening to music, and and I look up, and the guy missteps, slides no. butt, bum, 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 butt cheeks down the rotating stairs. Yes, his yes. legs come under me. So then I'm crunching, and this grown man is on his back between my <laughs> legs. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was so funny. I just started laughing so hard. And, you know, when there's any sound at the gym that's not weights dropping or, like, I don't know, people, like, turn. Like, oh, my God, somebody's dead. Yeah. And it was just a grown man between my legs as I'm crunched over being like, hello. <laughs> I I don't think he ever did it like that ever again. I would love it also if you like if you saw him start walking backwards on the machine and you're like, all right, I guess it's that day, and then flipped yourself upside down on the crunch machine and just started doing your legs to your head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm bending my legs backwards so my heels are touching my butt and my my head's just dangling on the ground. Cool. Let's all do it, man. <laughs> Let's get into some stories here. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to get into that scientist invent uh, the the toilet mm. that turns human feces into cryptocurrency later in the episode because you know wow. what I was realizing I'm always thinking like what's the best uh, headline to open the show with yeah. versus what I actually want to talk about right yeah up the at attention the time. grabbers I get that 
And that is a great attention grabber. We're going to do it later in the episode. So you wow. know that's coming up. Here's what, what I want to talk about right now. Okie dokie. The 13 most unusual festivals in the world. This I'm is, in. Let's I'm, go through all of them. Oh, it, they're so good. Okay, this was sent mm-hmm. in by Josh Bram. Thank you, Josh um, Bram. This was on a website called Culture Trip. And this is, honestly, these are great. I was looking at everyone and I was like, oh, whoever wrote this is killing it. And it was written by Courtney Stanley. Courtney. She or they are the best. Or he. Sometimes Courtney is a dude's name. Sometimes in the South. Yeah. Courtney and Ashley. you, You get that sometimes down there. And this is from 2017, June 16, 2017. Here it is. First up, first up, I have seen this one, and it's a good one. The Mm -hmm. Wife Carrying World Championship in in Sakarjavari, Finland. Um, It is, it dates back to, I don't know when it does. (laughs) 2014. (laughs) Wife Carrying, or Yukon Kanto in Finnish, originated as a sport in Sonkajarvi, Finland. Sure. In 1992. I'm sorry. Just 1992. The grunge era. (laughs) Kurt Cobain was at the first one. He carried Courtney Love, and then they got in an argument. (laughs) They definitely seems late for this to have been originated. Mm -hmm. Um, The exact origins of the tradition are own, but each story has something to do with theft. Oh, no. Uh, today, wife carrying is practiced around the world. Participants are allowed to carry their wives in a variety of ways, including piggyback fireman's carry or Estonian style, mm-hmm. where the wife hangs upside down with her legs around her husband's shoulders. Like how I do crunches. They, they, exactly. exactly the same. This is such a great tie-in. <laughs> yeah. They carry her across a 253.5 meter track riddled mm-hmm. with riddled with mm. obstacles. Mm. The prize, oh, this is not this is not okay. The prize is awarded based on the wife's weight in beer. This yeah. is not okay. Oh. Uh nobody wants to the okay, how much all right, anyway. This is so a uh, very heteronormative wife carrying festival, but the picture is fantastic, guys. Hey, Before it's okay. You judge it. Yeah, let people in. It's really and it's very funny looking. They're like it's very impressive. Imagine someone upside down on your shoulders and you're running as fast as you can. I'm sure they'd let lesbians do this. I'd sure like to let bisexuals oh, do this. There are, Throw they your are. wife on your shoulders. We should get, everybody should be able to do this. It's great. The, the video I saw had men, had multiple people were competing who was uh, one woman carrying another woman. So Fun as uh, hell. I apologize to Finland, the country, for saying that their weird thing was heteronormative. Here it is. <laughs> Next one. Uh, the Baby Jumping Festival by, uh, this is in Castrillo de Murcia, Spain, known Sounds to the Spanish like locals as El Colacho. This mm. festival happens 60 days after Easter during the Feast of Corpus Christi. The Baby Jumping Festival is a baptismal <laughs> ceremony wherein babies who are born over the last year are absolved of sin. The religious custom dates back to the early 1600s. Men dressed in traditional devilish clothing terrorize the crowd before running down the street and jumping (laughs) over the babies who have been carefully laid out on pillows. Oh, not good. Not good. No injuries have been reported, but the Catholic higher-ups frown upon the ritual. They frown upon the ritual. They frown upon everything. Those guys are a bunch of grumps. It is so crazy. It's literally... uh, the, um, The picture is... It's imagine a tiny bed. I can. Four babies on each bed. Oh. And then these guys oh. jumping, like devils jumping over four babies, and everyone's having a great time. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, then we got cheese rolling. We've all seen the cheese rolling videos, yes. right? Yes. Where it's, and that's from Gloucestershire, England. Yeah, I would go witness that. I would definitely I not would. do that. As a young man, in my uh, up to the age of 27, I probably would have done that. But like... The, I think uh, there was a girl that's been kicking butt in those last couple of years, and she like dislocated her shoulder, <gasps> broke her arm. I mean, you have to it's tumble. Insane. I would love to watch it once, absolutely. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's a very, very, very steep hill in the countryside in, uh, in England. Oh, yeah. England? And they roll this giant wheel of cheese down, and then everyone just runs at full full speed down this hill and it's such an incline that they just yeah. start flipping yeah and it's just ruddy and weedy and yeah. it's nuts it's really insane very entertaining um we've covered this uh before this one international hair freezing contest in white you horse you can canada you got to those pictures are great you go to instagram and look back a couple mm-hmm. of years you find those there mm-hmm. uh monkey buffet festival okay, in thailand right. yeah perfect uh, Whatever it is, I'll do it. Before you start to consider how a monkey would taste, this is a buffet for monkeys. <laughs> Good. The local population of around 2,000 to 3,000 in the La Puri province north of Bangkok is gifted with a feast of 4,000 kilograms of fruits, vegetables, cakes, and candies every November. After the monkeys are given their treat, youths dressed up as monkeys perform dances. The festival first occurred in 1989, run by a local businessman who thought of this unique way to drive up tourism in Lapuri. Lucky for him and the monkeys, it worked. He was right. That's a great idea. That's a great have idea. Have you been? Have you been to Thailand? I haven't been. I have been twice. My brother has oh, been stationed right. has been stationed there twice. So okay. I was lucky enough to stay with him in Bangkok. And right on. Get a, get get a tour around. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mud festival in South Korea. Um, again, Sounds the first cool. one took place in 1998. It's it crazy that all these festivals are so recent. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just, uh, it's like literally a music festival with everyone covered in mud. It looks like uh, a purposeful uh, Woodstock, Woodstock 94. 94. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Then they got Burning Man, of course. You have to have that in here. Oh, the World Toe Wrestling Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in Wetton, Stratfordshire. It started in the 70s. Okay. Um, it was born out of the desire for the UK to have its own championship in some type of sport. <laughs> I have a buddy yeah. who started dating his uh, girlfriend, let's say like five years ago. They're now married. And so this has a happy ending. It doesn't okay. have a sad start. I love but uh, he, they were on a date. And he, um, early, early dating, you know, first few dates, and he picked up on the fact that she might have a foot fetish. So one of the next times they slept together, he decided to give it a whirl. And so he went down and started, like, kissing on her feet and sucking on her toes and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And she was moaning and and sighing and enjoying herself. And so he kept going when they went to the other foot. All in all, about 45 minutes of of footwork going on. And then, you know, they uh, they finish their dirty deed. And they're lying there in bed. And he's like, so, like, you know, did you enjoy that? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy that? And he's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And he says he got (laughs) the energy. (laughs) He says he got the energy that... That she, she didn't enjoy it. And he goes, oh, do you not like that? And she goes, 
I mean, it's fine if that's what you're into. He goes, I did that because I thought you were into it. And she goes, no, I don't like that at all. She goes, you don't like it? He goes, no, I didn't. So he just <laughs> sucked on her toes for 45 minutes because he misheard something. And then so they both were just being so polite to each other. They're like, I guess this is getting her off. I guess this is getting him off. Neither one enjoyed it for 45 minutes. Thank God that they talked about it because that could have been 10 years of their ma- like their marriage gets ruined and it's yes. just like at the end it's just like you with your fucking foot me with my foot fetish it's your foot fetish <laughs> I know it's good like it's so funny you could pick up on her not liking it but that yeah he just was she said something and may have been that thing like with you and Lauren about like the hot air balloon where you're yeah. like oh she really wants this and it's like no she doesn't she's just joking around <laughs> I love that uh, if you're into that go for it but I love that story so uh. funny to me there's um so there's the La Tomatina Festival in Spain in Valencia, Spain, which that is a fun. tomato festival. Oh yeah, that's a very famous one. It's an hour long tomato fight using up an estimated hundred and forty five thousand kilograms of tomatoes in twenty fifteen. Yummy. Yeah, it is a lot of tomatoes. They, yes. That that is uh that's Rat City after this festival. Oh yeah, a lot of fruit flies buzzing around <laughs> after that one. I never, I have not thought about that until this moment. Mm. There was the Madagascar Institute back in the early 2000s organized a massive like art party food fight in Dumbo. Really? Which we went to. It was very similar. It was like the same, you know, same people who were put on the Idiotarad. Yeah, um, which was the Idiotarad, but with human beings Mm -hmm. running, uh, pulling Mm -hmm. another human being in a. We both did uh, that. In a shopping cart, gro- sh- gro- shopping cart. Yeah, so this cart. was like people building massive like <laughs> machines for throwing food at each right, other, right? Like catapults and trebuchets, and yes. And yes. they only did it one year because the people of Dumbo like were furious because it was like <laughs> there was so many. There was such a vermin problem afterwards because uh, it was yeah. just like chocolate sauce and ketchup and hot dogs being thrown. And it was crazy. Like, I was covered head to toe in condiments within, like, 20 <laughs> minutes of it starting. Yes. Yes. People, giant guns shooting mayonnaise across the street. Like, it was insane. Anyway. That's pretty um, damn fun. It was very fun, but I can totally understand if you live there. Definitely a waste of food. You're definitely a waste of food. It was mm. an early, it was a, it was a more innocent time. It was. Uh, the World Bog Snorkeling Championships in the in in Wales. Um, okay. Bog snorkeling originated as a originated as a sport in Lanwert Wells in 1976, and the annual August Championship has been running since 1985 at Wayne Rid Bog. Armed with a snorkel and flippers, participants must compete two consecutive lengths okay. in a 60 yard trench of water cut through a peat bog, relying only on their flippers to push them through. Sounds Hundreds. Fun. And it just, I, I wonder what is it, I have no idea if this is, I don't understand enough about this to know if this is difficult or just fun. Like, I what do you fun. imagine? I you think, just think it's fun. fun. I think it's just swimming in a shallow swamp and you just can't really see where you're going and you just got to kick, kick like crazy. I think it yeah. sounds like a great time. I, I, I would do it. Um, definitely do that one. Air Guitar World Championship. I was Been a judge of this I was year. there at the yeah. House of Blues. Uh, it was no very longer there. fun. Yeah, that was fun. And then the Chung Chow Bun Festival in Hong Kong. 
Um, During this traditional Chinese festival, participants historically raced up a tower of buns to grab the highest bun, which would bring them the best fortune. Annual festival dates back to the 18th century. Uh, which coincides with the celebration of Buddha's birthday. They is sixty thousand buns. The, it is crazy. This bun tower is like, I don't know, five or six stories tall. No, and that's it's just, a lot of buns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's the. Is there, this is the last one. Last one. Are you ready? There's sure. thirteen of them. There's thirteen of all. these. I love all of these. The underwater music festival in okay. Lou Key Reef, Florida. Located okay. in the Florida Keys in the United States, only living coral barrier reef. The underwater music festival has been running for 31 years. I would do a local, this. Ra- I would too. A local radio okay. station sponsors the event to promote environmentally sustainable and responsible diving, and they play their sea-themed music underwater through speakers that are suspended mm. under boats situated above the reef. Participants are encouraged to wear costumes and play underwater inst- instruments to compete for prizes. That looks awesome and super dumb. Very uh, dumb. I would do that one. I think there I, should be a thing where if you do all 13 of these in a year, you become something. You get you get a funny little crown. Oh, my God. You're Captain Festival. You're Captain Festival for that year. Let us know if anybody wants to try to be Captain Festival. We would yeah. run an Indiegogo for you. <laughs> yeah, we would run an Indiegogo, but you really got to go and do all 13 of these insane things. But wowie zowie. Those are so fun. I remember once you and Kristen judged a... Um, karaoke competition somewhere in manhattan and you invited me because doers doers the blended oh, yes. scotch whiskey was the sponsor and you guys had to judge and so all these people got up on stage and just karaoke or i think it was karaoke it was either lip sync or karaoke and you guys had to judge and I think it was lip syncing it might have been lip syncing and everybody was doing kind of traditional stuff and then this one person got up there and did the Sailor Moon theme and did a whole dance routine to it. And you and Kristen were like, we love that. It's so original. Everybody else is just singing like hits and you're doing something you're really passionate about. And so that person advanced to the second round. And then in the, I guess that was the final round. And in the final round, just did the Sailor Moon theme again. Same dances and everything. That person just really loved Sailor Moon, really had it choreographed. And then my last memory that night, besides us getting just completely annihilated on doers, was you, me, and Kristen doing karaoke. Um, and we sung Bon Jovi. I, one of the Bon Jovi living songs. Living on a prayer. Probably. I guess we that was my did go-to. Living on a prayer. Yeah. While people could not have been leaving the auditorium fast enough. <laughs> Like, even Kristen's fame at that time, people were like, nah, not this. <laughs> not this. And I think it was a Groupon event. Was it? Oh, my God. Where was it? Do you remember where this was? Where did they do that moon comedy thing? Moon comedy? R- remember, it was like the table, the stand-up that had tables, and it was like in the East Village, and it was called like Moonshot or Moon, moon something, and... Uh, I remember Andre Dubouchet always did it. You definitely did it. But anyways, it was in that auditorium somewhere around Thompson or Sullivan, somewhere in wow. that area. I have I have like a barely a memory of that. It was fun as hell though. But I yeah, it was it. so we were like, that is an original take on an interesting competition, <laughs> then just did the exact same thing again. We're like, okay, don't like it as much the second go round. <laughs> All right, give it to me, Scotty. Well, tease us in, actually, I think. Uh, Allison Bachman sent this in. 
A senior citizen stole a jacket artwork that was on display at the Picasso Museum and then had a tailor alter it to fit her. Oh, my God. I don't even understand that. I'm excited to find out more about this when we return mm-hmm. on this very special episode of Bananas. We're back, folks. Two bananas. Scotty? Oh, We're doing solo stuff. On? I got shout outs. Oh, look at that. We're, you weren't prepared for the episode, but you do have sh- shout outs. I love well, I that. put those down as soon as I get them because I'll forget. And then we get mm-hmm. so many these days. So happy birthday to Kim Williams. Kim, uh, a beloved banana bowl. I hope you, we both hope you have a wonderful birthday. Uh, Gabby wants to say happy anniversary to Jose. Jose is deployed overseas. Uh, the banana boys salute you. I, yeah, I assume that means service. he is in the military, and thank you for your service, and thanks you for protecting wimps like Kurt and I. We are wimps. Uh, Brenda Darcy lost a friend recently, but wanted to give a shout-out to Patch, the funniest man she's ever known. So everybody out there, if you have a cocktail in your hand or just your morning coffee, raise a toast to Patch. Keep laughing, Brenda. We're thinking about you. Uh, two more. Greg wants to shout-out Kaylee. Uh, for graduating from her master's program, they met Kurt at our mm-hmm. Indianapolis show at White what? Rabbit, and really? now they've become great friends. That's awesome. I loved that show. We had a great time. That was a fun time. And it was not recorded. Uh, the gentleman forgot to press record. <laughs> so we have the very end when he turned off the recording, just us being like, thank you, good night. <laughs> That was and the funniest thing. We just kept listening to it. It was like, no, that's the very end, isn't that's it? That's the end. And then we figured it out. Yep, he just pressed on when he thought he was turning it off. And last but not least, and this is a fun one too, Denise Bruce wants to shout out her son, Nathan, who's a high school senior. He's graduating high school, listens to Bananas. And so congratulations to Nathan and the entire graduating class of 2022. Good luck with whatever comes next, Nathan. And... uh can you imagine graduating high school this year? Can you imagine being that young? No. I mean, I guess Holy I can. I do remember crap. it. But my God, you've got a wild ride ahead of you, pal. I know. I moved to New York the year this uh, Nathan was born. So all of the stories that you and I have told, <laughs> our whole friendship, everything having to do has been in young great Nathan's life. Congratulations. I know. I, I started stand-up when you were one. Nathan, mm. when you were one year old. There you go, buddy. Uh, Your dreams will come true. Never stop trying. And uh, guys, go and rate us. Rate and review if you can on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. We've set up a website to make it really easy. RateBananas.com. Uh, go, it takes you right to the rate review section on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Scotty, give me, give me what this story is. That you, got. you got it. So I don't even again, understand it. Still. I'll slow it down. The photo of it is so funny. So okay. Allison Bachman sent this in. Thank you again, Allison. This is a great, I love this story. A senior citizen, so an old lady, mm-hmm. Meemaw, went into the Picasso Museum or the Musée Picasso, and there was an art display like a piece of art that was a blue jacket hanging on a coat hanger and it's uh, it's a piece of art so the art is a jacket so this old lady stole it put it on (laughs) 
left the museum, and then had a tailor alter it to fit her better. <laughs> okay, now you got it. So this was written by Anna Samsum, who is quite easily the best in the art world business. Oh, hell yeah. For Artnet or Art World. Um, a Catalan artist, Oriol uh, Villanova. Cool name, actually. Mm-hmm. Oriol Villanova exhibited a jacket filled with postcards visitors could remove and examine at the Museum Picasso in, uh, oh, excuse me, Musée Picasso in Paris. Little did he imagine that one person would take (laughs) the liberty (laughs) a step too far. Uh, In late March, a 72-year-old woman took the blue work jacket, which had been hanging on the wall, home with her. According to the French daily La Parisienne, she then had it altered so the tailor <laughs> with a tailor so it would fit her. Upon returning to the museum to revisit the show a few days later, the woman who had been captured on surveillance camera putting the jacket into her bag was arrested by police who happened to be at the museum looking for evidence. <laughs> so she's a horrible, <laughs> horrible, big art lover, horrible criminal. I love that she just went right back. And also she didn't put it on. Like at first when you said it, I thought, oh, Maybe she was cold. There was a misunderstanding. Very She generous. didn't understand a jacket was art. She put it on, walked out with it. No, she put it in her bag. She stole the art. I Very love this. generous. Uh, police searched her home, and they found it with shortened sleeves. She had she gotten the sleeves shortened. <laughs> she immediately confessed to stealing a jacket and claimed not to have realized it was an artwork. Um after a few hours of interrogation, the public prosecutor's office let the woman off with a warning and dropped the case. The woman had been placed under guardianship. Uh, it was like part of an old master's exhibit. Let me see. Um, oh, I'll go right to what Oriole said. When the museum told me they had the work had been stolen, I was surprised, but it was impossible to envisage the story that followed. Uh, Villanova dis- <laughs> Villanova disputes this, saying, I've always exhibited this artwork in the same way in other museums without any problems. As there were security guards that guaranteed its safety, other museums have ensured this artwork. If I had been aware of the risk at Musée Picasso, I would never have exhibited it. So he's pissed. (laughs) Villanova's pissed. Uh, The theft raises questions about Musée Picasso's security system. However, the museum told Artnet News, quote, uh, the proposed artist had should have secured the jacket to the coat hanging system and prevented it from being unhooked to the. I mean, it's uh, getting uh, dirty. Uh, it, uh, it Musée dirty. Picasso. Uh, uh, that is not the the artist is not responsible for preventing theft of the artwork. That's, That's crazy, right? But also, and and so it kind of worked out. But doesn't this make this art piece so much more interesting? First off, yeah, uh, Villanova should not be upset. Oriol should not be upset in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. The only reason mm-hmm. a larger audience is now talking about Oriol Villanova's piece is yes. because this lady made it famous. It's Take so it good. where you can get it, Oriol. Old people should steal left or right and center. In my life, yes. I know my. I, you know, I have equal amount of male and female friends, and uh, the women, especially in middle school and high school and college absolutely stole more stuff than the men i like women of that age in my life were by far bigger kleptomaniacs <laughs> like by far leaps and bounds men are monsters but women of a certain age love to steal so uh, and I mean, we will put that on a shirt <laughs> so i uh i think maybe you know maybe back in the day let's see 60 years ago maybe this this nice old lady who stole this was the kind of woman that stole cds from sam goody or earrings from claire's or 
uh, Bath and Body Works body sprays. <laughs> I mean, I, I know so many people who did that. Oh, man, that just reminded me. Sam Goody. That, mm-hmm. like, my friend Ken used to, he, had a, he, w- he would wear a long trench coat all the time. And he, he sewed in large pockets that went all the way down the trench coat. Right. And he would just l- be looking at tapes or CDs <laughs> at Sam Goody in the 90s. This is like 92 or something. And then just be like, and then just drop it into his trench coat. And he would fill up this giant there trench coat. with and, and that this was back when, this sounds so insane to say, but like a tape or a CD would be in a plastic yeah. Like skeleton mm-hmm. that would was supposed to prevent theft because you couldn't like get it out of mm-hmm. the plastic skeleton. Yeah, it just um, made it cumbersome. Basically, it just made it cumbersome, so it was more <laughs> difficult. So you needed larger pockets to steal it. But then he would just like come out and like op- literally open up a trench coat, and inside would be like ten or fifteen <laughs> CDs. Faith no more. <laughs> I was Jane's just thinking. Of, speaking of that. I just was like watching an Instagram video and someone used uh, that chili, red hot chili pepper song, mm-hmm. um, where it, and I'm not, I don't remember the name of the song, but one of the lines, and I was, I was blown away that this mm-hmm. was a line of an incredibly popular song. Um, I am addicted to the shindig. Yes. I don't know what that song's called either, but that's also the one where at the end he just runs out of lyrics and goes, nyo, 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 nyo. and you go, "What, guys, retire, what is, you're done. What is addicted to the shindig? What, I mean... Addicted to the shindig. This month to just a read through. Chili Peppers fans are the strangest rock fans in the world because they are so Hands passionate, down. and I Hands don't know down. any of them. Like, they sell at yeah. every show around the world. I do not know one person who's like a diehard Chili Peppers fan. Me neither. Yes. Uh, addicted to the shindig. Uh, a shindig is just a very, uh, not a party. It's not a party. It's a level down, right? That's a yeah. shindig. It's like yeah. a level down from a party. Yeah, I'm having a small shindig. Cheese and crackers. He's addicted. <laughs> To small gatherings with cheese and crackers. <laughs> that is what he is addicted to. He cannot get enough. He has to go and find things that are smaller than a party, but larger than just a couple friends hanging out. And that's his sweet spot. That's what gets Anthony Kiedis going in the morning. <laughs> Maybe that's why he does that part. Maybe he's chewing cheese and crackers at the end going, meow, 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 meow. Oh, addicted oh, to the shindig, guys. All right. Let's get another one going. Well, you know what happened to me? This story reminded me that I love this story because almost the exact same thing happened. When I moved to L.A., my first job was with Whitney Cummings on a show called Love You Mean It. And that is mm-hmm. where I met the hilarious and wonderful and beautiful Karen Kilgariff, our benevolent overlord. Karen was the uh, head writer, and I was the first writer-producer hired on. And... Uh, while we were in the writer's room one day, so down, uh, so upstairs was Chelsea Lately, which you mm-hmm. were on all the time with Chelsea yep. Handler, and then down the one floor down, third floor, was our room. And so Karen, we're all hanging out in the writer's room, and one of the upstairs writers was like, did anybody see my bike? And we were like, no. And she's like, somebody stole a bike out of my office while we were taping Chelsea Lately. So the studio where they shot those shows was below 
where our writer's offices were. Okay. So while they were shooting Chelsea Lately, somebody stole one of the writer's bikes, and she was really upset, as you should be, because it was yeah. inside the office. It, was it wasn't inside even inside her office. Yeah, it wasn't even like uh, on a bike thing out in the studio. We were on the Universal lot, um, so Universal Studios lot. Yeah, and which so, is pretty locked down. You can't get in unless you're there for a reason. Exactly. So we're all like, "Oh, sorry," you know. It's like, okay, and then we just go back to writing for the day. The next day we come in, and they that same writer comes back, and they were like. You guys aren't going to believe this. They caught a guy on camera entering the building and stealing it and leaving. And so they went back and looked at all the cameras on on Universal lot. And they traced the guy back. And he was an extra on a Matthew Perry show called Go On. So he was there for the day working as a background (laughs) extra, a background actor. And while he was leaving, he walked into our building, which is nowhere near where they were shooting, and just wandered around, saw a bike sitting in a cubicle, and stole it. So, what did they do, Kurt? They what? hired him again the next day to be a background yes. extra, and he yes. showed up, and they arrested him, <laughs> and they go to his house, and it's in his garage, and this guy would just steal from the lot and just take stuff home, but he was so stupid that they were like, hey, you were really great in that scene. We'd love to have you back. He's like, oh, okay, and they oh just hired him, God. and cops were waiting, and he walks on the set, and they just handcuffed him, and she got her bike back. Whoa, that's so crazy. Isn't it crazy? Oh, that is, I mean, like, yeah, extras are uh, fast. I was an, I think I've talked about this once. Did I ever talk about when I was an extra for Strangers with Candy? No, I don't know this story personally. This is the only time I was ever an extra it was on Strangers with Candy, uh, which was Amy Sedaris's show with Stephen yeah. Colbert back in like the early 2000s. One of the greatest shows ever made. So fucking funny. So funny. And, uh, we had to be there at like six in the morning. We were there from like six in the morning to like eight PM. Exciting. It was no shit fifteen degrees out and we were outside the entire time. <laughs> oh no. Just like cheering for like a football game that was yeah. happening. Sure. And I was just like, I am never in my life <laughs> ever doing this again. Yes. It was such a nightmare. I still can feel how I felt the whole day and how much I hated it. Even though yeah. it was like being around the production was so exciting and interesting yeah. and everything, it wears off within seven minutes. Yes. And, and it is just punishment. And yes. I, my heart goes out to all extras, but don't steal people's property. Yeah, don't steal anybody's property. And for all our aspiring our aspiring actors out there, all the bananimals who want to get into entertainment, if you move out to New York or L.A. or somewhere or Atlanta, wherever they're shooting shows these days, be an extra. Do it for a few days. Just know that they care about the props and the furniture more than you. Uh, <laughs> you will get paid. You'll get a check. But yeah. you're going to also be around other extras. So just be prepared to have conversations about things you don't care about or don't understand. And you just sit in the background. That being said, I did it. Curdy B did it. It's kind of interesting. And if you've never been on an active TV or movie set, you do learn a lot. Just yeah. Don't say a word, smile, and maybe they'll give you a line one day. Probably not, but maybe. It's worth it just to meet the other people who are doing it. Because yes. there's people who just do it all the time. Uh, and those people are fascinating. You want to get their story, because it is Looney Tunes. Yep, there you go. All right, here, as, pr- as promised. Oof. Love. Scientists invent toilet that turns human feces into cryptocurrency. And there it is. This was sent in by the great Copy Haste. Oh, yeah. This was published on The Byte, mm. uh, B-Y-T-E, uh, by Victor Tangerman. 
<laughs> that right. is his beautiful and best in the biz name. He's good. This was published uh, in 2021. Uh, research at a university in South Korea has devised a toilet that turns human waste into power, Reuters reports. As a bonus mm-hmm. incentive, each use rewards uh, poopers with okay. a small amount of digital currency that they can trade in for a coffee or a cup of noodles on campus. Mm. The toilet first <laughs> pumps your excrement into an underground tank, which Thank means you. it uses less water right off the bat when compared to a traditional toilet. Mm-hmm. Microorganis- microorganisms then break down the waste into methane, a usable Fun. source of energy. In short, it's a delightful new method of turning sewage into power, uh, making manure. Quote, if we think out of the box, feces has precious value to make energy and manure. Inventor Joe... Joe Che Huan, an urban and environmental engineering professor at the yes. Olsan National Institute of Science Technology, told yes. Reuters, I've put this value into ecological circulation. The toilet could turn roughly a pound of solid human waste, the average amount of human poops in a day, into an impressive 50 liters nice. of methane gas, according to Cho. That means it can generate half a kilowatt hour of electricity, enough to drive an electric car for three quarters of a mile. And because it's 2021, a day and age in which nothing is safe from the world of cryptocurrencies, Cho came up with a virtual currency called Ghoul, or honey in Korean. Ugh. Every use of the toilet yeah. scores you 10 ghoul per day, which can be used to buy stuff on the university's campus. Quote, I had only ever thought that feces are dirty, but now it is a treasure of great value to me, a postgraduate student, Hyo uh, Hujins, who's been earned, who's both earned and spent ghoul, told Reuters. I even talk about feces during meal tam- mealtimes mm-hmm. to think about buying any book I want. What a pleasant person to have a meal with. You know, just somebody talking about ghoul. Just talking about feces. No big deal. Chatting about his shit coin to buy all the books he wants. Any book he wants. Can you imagine that? The freedom. The freedom to shit and read. To buy a book? You have to be the king of England these days. (laughs) The connection is there. That you can use your shit to buy the book that you read while you shit. That sounds pretty cool. There it is, the circle of life. Of course, I don't think we need any more methane to be burned, but that's just my opinion, and I do like the ghoul. Yeah, I like the ghoul too. I mean, it's a fun. You give people incentives. It's amazing what you can have them do. Yeah, and if you uh, if you combine this with one of our very earliest stories in bananas, which Uh was the. the asshole mapping toilet. Remember oh, that yes, one that identified you from the contours like of your everybody's asshole? Everybody's got a little snowflake between their butt cheeks. I remember that. Everyone's is unique and special, mm-hmm. and the toilet can identify you. That yes. way, you combine these two things. You don't even have to give your... The toilet already knows it's you. It yep. deposits the money into your account immediately. Mm-hmm. This is the future our children will have, and what? how exciting is it? <laughs> I think all the big cities, I mean, I know some cities have it, but like pay toilets, and I know they're big around the world too, but like New York, LA, there are a lot of cities, especially New York, but the walking cities, I'm sure Chicago's this way too, yeah. it's so hard to find a bathroom one time. Yeah. I've always wanted a pay toilet, and then they're like, they make self-cleaning ones. I think you take it a step farther. I think you have one that you put... Like, I don't know, a dollar in and you get 10 minutes or whatever it is, self-cleaning. But at the end of the 10 minutes, you get like a 10-second countdown beep. And then all the walls collapse around you. 
all four walls just fall to the ground, so you have to get out of there. I think that would. I think everybody would use it. I think it would be Instagrammable. TikTok would be going off. So, oh, man, oh, God. Oh, God. Idea. Here it comes. Oh, God. Three, two. And just all four walls collapse. It hoses itself off. A little sunlight and fresh air gets in, and then you're out of there, bud. Ah, those self-cleaning toilets. If no one's ever seen one, they are. I go in and I'm just like, now here is the future I was promised. You know, yes. I love that. You put a quarter <laughs> in, the door opens, you go in. Everything has been recently scrubbed clean by robots, and you have no idea what happens. You, yep. like, go to the bathroom, you wash your hands, you leave, the door closes, and then it sounds like an explosion <laughs> is happening inside the yeah. toilet. It's like it Top shakes. Gun Maverick behind <laughs> you. <laughs> Tom Cruise is lifting off behind you. And I've wondered, I oh, my, my whole thing was always just like, has anyone ever been trapped inside when it started cleaning. It, it's, ha- it's had to have happened. Of course it had to have happened. But that's what I'm saying. Drop those walls. Yeah, then nobody's, nobody's No liability. Trapped. You're getting out. That do, is so funny. Do we want to go see Top Gun together? Heck yes. I can't wait to see that movie. I, I hear wanna, it's great. I really want to see it. Really? You do hear it's actually yeah, good? Yeah, the reviews are incredible. <gasps> oh, really? Yes. I, if it's an actual good movie, that would be amazing. Tom Cruise is the best movie star we got. Everybody came around. People hated him in the early <laughs> 2000s for a lot of real and good reasons. Yeah. But that dude lays it on the line on movies. All the Mission Impossibles have gotten better. Like The guy is a movie star. From um, top to bottom. Dude, I was thinking about you, because last night I turned on Time Traveler's Wife on HBO Max. <gasps> it's, out, it's out, it's out, it's the out, it's out. first episode is out. I was like, Kurt I probably is crying this. just opening HBO Max right now. Oh, I can't believe I'm watching it tonight. But they do this insane thing where he's hanging out with the six-year-old version of his wife, and it's instantly bizarre and not yes. cool. And so they lean into it so hard. I won't tell you what they do, but text me when you watch it. They have a line. They have an exchange back and forth while she's petting a My Little Pony type horse's mane, and they kind of call out what's going on in a very strange way. Oh, fascinating! What an that Easter is egg. part of the book because, like, they're yeah. he's jumping around through time. Yeah, and there are moments like when he doesn't. Know, and I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna go into the details. You just love it. You just love of I, I time traveling. Future, you, you get it. Oh, I got I love one it. for you. All this right, one was sent in by Farhad Faroki. Thank you so much, Farhad. We appreciate that. Uh, this was on Yahoo News Australia. They didn't mm-hmm. credit the writer, so we're going to give them a big old stamp of mediumist in the biz. Sounds good to me. M- McDonald's customer fined $170 for eating takeaway at Starbucks. What? Okay, McDonald's customer fined $170 find- uh-huh. for eating his to-go food at Starbucks. This is amazing. This okay. is strange. A fuming McDonald's, a fuming <laughs> McDonald's customer has copped a fine for eating his takeaway in a Starbucks car park. Firefighter Bob Spink, who is 50 from Swansea, Wales, uh, had not such a happy meal after he pulled up to the Starbucks parking lot because there were no spaces left at the McDonald's drive through next door. He was shocked when he later received a 100-pound fine in the post saying in the mail saying um he was in the bay for 16 minutes even though he never got out of his Peugeot 
We only what? bought. I know this is so messed up. Like this is one of those ones that get your hackles up, and you're like, "Come on, Starbucks!" So, um, but it actually has an interesting twist. So we only had bought a twelve dollar order or twelve pound order from McDonald's, uh, and the car park was entirely full. So we parked at the Starbucks next door to eat because there was plenty of space. Mister Spink said. We had not realized there were penalties for this kind of thing. It feels like they just legalized theft. I haven't done anything wrong yeah. legally. I will never go anywhere near a Starbucks again. So Bob was told that the fine could be reduced to 60 pounds, which is 104 Australian dollars. So let's okay. just assume it's 100 bucks American. I have no idea if he paid it within 14 days. So now they're putting the cooker on you. I was baffled by it. We have just moved here, and it's something you can't ignore as it only gets worse as the, as it increases the fee. I shared it in hopes of making people aware and to steer clear of the chain and the parking lot. We hadn't even left the car. The premise of a car park is to invite people in, and it just feels like a con, and I don't understand what they're trying to achieve, and it doesn't look great for the chain to use parking enforcement with such tactics. I mean, yeah. we... We're totally on Bob Spink's side here. This is crazy. So Starbucks comments, yeah. uh, they said the fine at this branch at Fabian Way in Swansea uh, was a matter of a third-party parking company called National Parking Enforcement, LTD, who, of course, declined to comment. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. So, I, I mean, I still like. How can a private company fine you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought like that was only something that like the city could do. It's like or go Starbucks. fuck yourself. Like this or, doesn't make any yeah. or Starbucks. Yeah, like it's so. But this is a third party. This is so creepy. It's just some parking lot company fucking people. Yes, isn't that wild? I so if he had gotten it. out of his car and gone into Starbucks for a second and come back in, yeah. I mean, like, like that would have. Then there's no fine. Like, that doesn't yeah. doesn't make any sense. So I, when I was working Red Bull in Atlanta in 2003, one day we would target certain uh, occupations who might be able to use it. And one day we did tow truck drivers uh -huh. because they work 24 hours a day. Tow truck drivers fill the strangest space in uh, in society. Yeah, they are both the most hated thing in the world. And yeah. the most necessary thing in the world. Yeah. Like, you hate them when they tow your car, but when your car breaks down and you see that tow truck coming up, it is the biggest side of relief. I, mm -hmm. I can't think of anything quite as polarizing as tow truck drivers. So we go out, and we're just giving out free cans of Red Bull. And this guy's like, do you want to ride along? And we were like, sure. You know, I was like, young, 20 probably. And I was like, sure. So we ride along, and what this guy would do, it was insane, and it made me feel really bad about giving him Red Bulls, too, by the way, was <laughs> he, there were certain buildings, like Citibank or whatever, yeah. and they have the kind of a big horseshoe-shaped pull-through entrance, uh, and anybody parked there could get booted instantly. This uh -huh. guy would jump out, run like a running back, full speed with a boot, boot the car, run back to his car and get into the tow truck that we're sitting in and pull away. And this guy did this all day. His job was looking for corporate cars, and then he would jump out and had like boots, and then to get the boot off, it's like, I don't know, $250, and he carried a gun, and he wore a Kevlar vest, this tow oh truck driver, because God. he's like, people have taken shots at me before. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're so like crazy. hijacking their car. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was one of those things where you go, yeah, this will be fun, and then after the first one, you're like, yeah, maybe, and then after the third one, you're like, hey, can you let us out, pre-Uber, <laughs> pre-Lyft, so it was just like, can you drop us back off at the racer, please?
I there was a tow truck driver that I came to know, you know, somewhat well because I should. bought this. This was in the mid two thousands. I bought this fucking nineteen seventy nine P two hundred E Vespa. So okay. you know, like an old school Vespa. Sounds cool. Uh it was like money that I'd gotten from some gig, and I was like, all of it goes right to the Binance Vespa. And it <laughs> broke down on me almost every third time I would drive it. <laughs> it was sucked. It was yes. a piece of shit. Yes. It broke down on me once going over the Verrazano Bridge. Oh. I'm going 60 miles an hour over That's the Verrazano Bridge. bridge. And the engine seized, so the back wheel locked up going over the bridge. Oh, my God. So all of a sudden, I just start skidding out until the engine unseizes and the wheel starts rolling again. And I just crested the Verrazano Bridge. For those of you who don't know, Verrazano Bridge connects Brooklyn and Staten Island. It's a huge Huge bridge. bridge. Huge bridge. And then I just started coasting because I had just crested. And then I coasted. It probably took me... 10 full minutes of coasting down the other side of that Pretty bridge cool. to like get off. Mm-hmm. And then you couldn't like just, it was like very difficult to figure out like what to do with a broken down Vespa. So yeah. I had, I called this multiple <laughs> different tow truck engine. They're like, no. And then I got this one guy, Tony, and he's like, yeah, I'll come. Tony comes. He's got this huge, huge pickup truck. Tony. And he essentially like, we lift the the bike onto the thing and then he does a bunch of strapping down. He straps it down. He drives Tony it the strap. the house, right? Tony the strap. Uh, so I had to call Tony. Multi- so I had Tony in my phone <laughs> and every time it would break down, I would call Tony and he would pick me up. And so by like the third or fourth time, Tony was just like, this guy's a fucking sucker. He just, he keeps breaking down. He keeps, has to pay me 200 bucks every fucking time he oh, does it. Oh no, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but Tony was like, starting to like be like I, you know he grew up in he grew up in brooklyn mm-hmm. like classic brooklyn dude mm-hmm. and then one time it's like late at night and i think i don't know he might have been out like partying or whatever I and then he, he comes was. like pick me up and now we're in the thing and he's driving me me back and he is fucking driving like smoking a blunt oh, and boy. driving like a hundred miles an hour <laughs> oh, with this like this this tow truck that's gigantic. It was like one of those oh. extra large tow trucks. Love that. Love that. And just like zooming around, like blowing through red lights and stuff. Yeah. Like he was acting like it was the Brooklyn of his youth. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. Like it was the Brooklyn 1985. Yes. And I was like, this guy is. It was terrifying, but also I was like. Fucking Brooklyn in the 80s and then mm-hmm. the early 90s must have been fucking crazy. Yes. Because it was just Tony's doing whatever they fucking wanted. Lots of Tony's. Yeah. Tony Toes. I bet his nickname was Tony <laughs> Toes. I love that about all those Brooklyn guys. It's whatever their job is, their first name, or whatever their job is. Mikey Pipes. <laughs> I, I mean, Joey, uh, Joey Fish. Joey Fish was a real guy. I, I worked with, he was our fish guy at Two Boots. Joey Fish. Oh, man. Joey Fish. Dude, that's so funny i love that we you and i one day we should talk about this because i don't know if you even want to do it but getting new yellow vespas just to ride to our shows in like la would be the funniest uh, thing maybe we just rent them oh yeah, you yeah, and i yeah. pulling up on two yellow double vespas, yellow vespas so I funny to that. me it's so, so funny it's the dorkiest thing ever all right i'll send us home with this Are you ready come on and give me one for the road the lido shuffle 
Uh, famed Walden Pond, which inspired Henry David Thoreau, is being killed by urine. <laughs> <laughs> this was sent in by Eliza. Thank you, Eliza. Thank you, Eliza. Uh, this was written, uh, this is on NBC News, written by the great mm. Corky Samazgo. Thank course. you, Corky. Good job, Cork. Oh, my God. Corky is really the best in the biz. Here's the opening two lines. Mm -hmm. If Henry David Thoreau were alive today, he might retitle his most famous work on Golden Pond. I mean, very good. And Great he joke. Would, and he would be pissed. <laughs> Boom. Oh, Corky bringing it. Corky, God damn it, Corky. Double-barrel joke gun on Corky. Right up top. That's because Walden Pond, the once pristine jewel that inspired the American naturalist and philosopher in the mid-1800s, has been befouled by generations of swimmers urinating in the water, according mm. to a new study. Oh, God, guys. So much so that it is wrecking the ecosystem and devastating the fish population of the pond some 25 miles west of Boston that Thoreau immortalized in his best-known work, Walden, or Life in the Woods. These findings suggest that although mitigation efforts have curtailed anthropogenic nutrient inputs to Walden Pond, the lake has not returned to the pre-impact condition oh, described God. by Henry David Thoreau and may become increasingly vulnerable to oh, further no. changes in water quality in a warmer and possibly wetter future. Dr. J. Kurt Stager, a researcher at Paul Smith's College in the Adirondacks and his co-authors warned. Translation, Despite some efforts to clean it up, the water is nowhere near as pure as when Throw dipped his toes into the drink yeah. while camping out in a cabin Ooh. on the shore for two years, two months, and two days in 1845. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, I'm not going to get uh, all into it, but yeah, a lot of people are paying in it, and it's uh, there's just too much phosphorus in there. Yeah, I bet there is. Whenever I go to a uh, resort or a hotel or anything where uh, there's a swim-up bar, you know, who doesn't yes. love swimming up to the bar and I sitting with it. strangers and drinking fruity cocktails? And Boy, urinating in the water. <laughs> I, it's You'll see me do this. I don't think you ever have. I'm not sure we've ever been to a swim-up. Oh, no, maybe at Hotel QT in New York there was that. Remember that hotel in Midtown that had But pool? it wasn't even a bar. It was just a, it was just a window that you would yeah. like swim over to the window. There was no yeah. sitting. Yeah, That was fun, though. That there was, was like so a weird great. two years where everybody did their birthday parties at this adult indoor pool and sauna and on it was a bar on one side and then on the other side was a pool with a window you could order drinks through it was so crazy it was it was like it was QT that, you know, it was hotel QT but whenever I go to a swim of thing like any time I've ever been to one on any resort the first like three times I pee I almost loudly announce it so everybody could see me get out and go to the bathroom <laughs> like I do it like I'm putting the pressure on the other strangers where I'm like gotta pee walking I'm like is this the men's room or is this the men's room Oh, it's this one? I'll be peeing in here because I just want everybody else to know that I'm on to them. I want them out of there. You're in trouble. <laughs> my brother's kids, my brother used to let his 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 son urinate in the pool at the place where they lived. He would get out of the pool. And turn around and pee into it? <laughs> Is that yes. what you're saying? Oh, man. Yes. That guy's going to love like, my self-cleaning toilet was, idea. <laughs> obviously, he's a little, he was a little boy at the time. Yeah, he was 14. But I was just like, I was just like, 
what do you and then and then both of them my brother and my sister-in-law were both like well it's get their kids like kids swim in this pool it's gonna happen anyway i was like sure (laughs) maybe but we don't have to watch him you're actively urinate into the water that i am swimming in right now (laughs) it's like a little water fountain chair just on his dingus it's exactly what it was it's that belgian fucking naked boy (laughs) just pissing into the water fountain it is the funny to me to still to this day. It is so so funny, incredibly just funny. Seeing him just like looking at me, his big smile on his face, just pissing into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? You oh, like man. what you see, Unc? <laughs> Folks, that's bananas. Thank you to everybody uh, who sent in stories. If you got any strange news stories, send them in to the Bananas Podcast uh, on Instagram or the Bananas Podcast at gmail dot com. That's right, July 23rd, we're doing our first Bananas Downhill 1K. Everybody can walk it, jog it, run it, dress up like a banana or bananamal adjacent, anything. If it's something we've talked about on the podcast, that's fine too. Kurt mm-hmm. B and I will probably just be dressed as regular old banana costumes, but uh, all the money is going to go to LA Food Bank, and we're going to have a website with a link up pretty soon, so come yep. on out, fly on in, drive on up, whatever you want to do. We'd love to see you at the Downhill 1K Splitty in the City. Banana. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.